Hello there. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Sift Takers Snapshots podcast. My name's Bob D, and with me for this show are Colm Brown. Hello there. And Dan Slobodian. Hello. This weekend, we've been enjoying the hospitality of Fanboy 3 in Manchester, so we'll uh, bring you up to speed with what we've been doing there shortly. But the most important thing that's happened this weekend is the Atlanta Open. We've been having a look at the uh, the lists, and to me, it looks like the 2.0 meta is fairly settled at the moment. Colm, what was the, the standout list that, that you saw from, from Atlanta? Well, there's a few lists, really, isn't there? There's Sigma Squadron, Ace and Duke. There was a bunch of those making the top 16. Lock Revenants with Drea and Dorsal and Veteran Turk Gunners and the Locks making top 16. And then some Rebel Beef and some random Imperial stuff. I agree, it does seem with the current points values, we do seem to have homed in on what the uh, the best lists are, best, you know, in quotation marks. I mean, it's, it's in a sense, it's a little bit depressing. We've got seven factions and only three of them featured in the top 16 in Atlanta. Yeah, it is a pity. I think if you look, you know, not to bring up the old horse of extended versus hyperspace, in hyperspace, everything is relatively balanced. You can see any one of those seven factions doing well. Obviously, to, you know, scum, maybe not as well as the others, etc. But I think we have, people have just figured out, okay, Sigma Squadron, Aces and Duke, and Lock Revenant and Veteran Turret Gunners, they're just underpriced in terms of efficiency. And likewise, Layer and Rebel Beef. Yeah. I mean, the of those 16 lists, there were, I think, two lots of three Lock Revenants, which were exactly the same and and three lots of quad phantoms that were exactly the same which is very much a step back towards where where 1.0 ended up yeah you're right um there was three lots of locks and three lots of phantoms in the top 16 and yeah it's 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 a shame i don't like lists where you just take one thing that's clearly a bit underpriced and spam it like it just it's just a little bit boring really but you know at the end of the day if that's the best thing to do then it's the best thing to do yeah, I mean, I've been flying the the locks quite successfully for a couple of months, and what I've found is that trying to step away from the the list that the guys were playing in Atlanta can be a, a bit of a trap. Uh, you can look to take the dorsal turret off Drea and open some points up for ion cannons on uh, a couple of the the lock revenants, but actually Drea really needs a turret so that she can get more stuff in arc to maximise the re-rolls coming off the, the lot Revenants. Um, I tried a, a new variant today on the list that, that did so well in Atlanta, which we'll talk about when we get to, to Fanboy 3. And I think, I think that is a bit of an interesting change, but it's a very subtle one. And the, the three locks are doing what they do. They're, they're racking up, covering a huge amount of board space, overlapping arcs, shooting twice every go, and, and making everyone's life miserable. They're not unbeatable by any means, but they are a super strong list. Yeah. I think something that doesn't really appeal to me and makes me look at extended with like a little bit of a sigh is that these three lists that we're talking about, like Rebel Beef, the Dreadlocks, and the Quad Phantoms, is they are all essentially jousting lists. Mm. I mean, there's small amounts of variation in there, but all of them are basically trying to be as efficient as they possibly can and to just shoot their opponent to death after a bit of a chase. I mean, obviously, once you get into the, the fight, things kind of change up a bit. You know, the Phantoms can have Decloak and Cassian and Braylon and Leia let you do weird things. But it is all just 
it's all just a bit samey, in my opinion. Well, it's lining stuff up and rolling dice and seeing who comes out the winner. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's double modding your shots while hiding behind a lot of health, for the most part. Yeah. Or dice, in the case of the Phantoms, I guess. But yeah, you're right. It is. It's a real. To me, it's a real shame. I I kind of like extended better than hyperspace in general, and it's a shame because there is so much in extended, but you just don't get to see any of it because of these few bits and pieces that are just too good for their cost, and they just drive everything else out. So it's a bit of a shame. I mean, there was a little bit of variety. Um, the other thing that featured, and, and it's incredible that this goes to 12 of the top 16 lists in Atlanta, uh, was Darth Vader. Mm. Running generally with fire control system and then either collision detector, afterburners, uh, hate. And there were, there were three players that took him into the top 16. And, and Jason Corley made it all the way to top four running with Vader, Suntir and Whisper, which is more of a classic Aces list. But I think it, it goes to Colm's point that if you choose stuff that is well-costed and super efficient, then you're going to do you're going to have a list that can do well. I mean, it's not, it's not spamming the same stuff, but actually they're three Aces that are all pretty cheap and pretty efficient. And if you know what you're doing with them, it's a different way of playing from the Phantoms or the, the Locks, but you can actually get through lists and, and position yourself to a point where they can't do a lot to you and you can do a lot to them. Yeah, it's definitely true, obviously, that well-flown aces can still do really well, but you are a little, like, you know, it, it's the true of any tournament that you've got to be a little bit lucky as well. And I feel yeah. like you've got to be more lucky with those aces than you have with the Phantoms or the Beef or the Dreadlocks. Yeah, and, and the other pilot that featured, and there were a couple of Anakins, in mm. the the top sixteen, so actually now I was wrong before. There are there are four of the factions from the the seven that made it to top, to top sixteen. So Anakin seems seems popular, and that's that's a multi action ace, uh, just like the maybe the 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 glory days of one point oh. Yeah, no, there's some variety, but the interesting thing is that that players have either gone for the the spam stuff that's efficient or for a super efficient ace, and those really are the only options. Although shout out to uh, Sam Tally. Who came in eleventh, flying a five-ship rebel list? Oh, yeah, Braylon nice. Garvin, Arval Crinid, Lieutenant Blount, and AP Five with Leia. Bit of rebel junk. It's kind of like a, a bit of a different version of Rebel Beef, where you try and fit in a few more ships. Mm. Well, the, the, it's the board space with that list, isn't it? You're just occupying so much room that it gives you some options to block, as well as some options to really to dish out some hurt. Yeah, you got a couple of big guns there with Braylon and Garvin, and I think the rest are are there to, you know, help their attacks be better. So AP five with the coordinate, Blount with the pseudo coordinate after he shoots, Arvo with intimidation. You know, they're really just charging up those two big shots to do a lot of damage. Yeah, and intimidation is kind of good against phantoms, I suppose. If you're knocking down one of those two green dice, it is a fairly big deal. Oh yeah, massively. Yeah, same well, reason why same reason why wedge is so good against them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Unless your your intimidation ships get killed uh, before some of the the opposition list is flying, and it's so easy with the phantoms to single turn kill other ships. Yeah, very true. Even what? stuff with loads of health. Although, hold on, I just want to quickly check. What initiative is Blount? He's like is five. Four. 
Oh, he's only four. He's four. Well, so that, I think Braylon, Garvin, and Blount are all shooting at four. So against the Phantom list, like the Phantoms can't initiative kill Arvel and turn off the intimidation before, because uh, okay. the fours will still get to shoot at him. So yeah, I mean, people are teching in. Mm. But ultimately, the the Phantoms, Joel Killingsworth's Phantoms emerged victorious, and and he's uh, from our friends in in Alabama, in the Birmingham and, Barons. Yeah, yeah, and congrats to him. Lovely bloke knows what he's doing playing next wing, and great to see him winning a system open. A second system open. Yeah. Second system open. Yes. Yeah. Massive congrats to him, having an awesome season. And closer to home, we've had some fun at Fanboy Three. What did you take today, Con? So I took. I've been flying resistance a lot, but in the five A wing form, and I'm getting a little bit maybe burnt out on them. And I really like the idea of Ray being good. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, a lovely idea. It is a lovely idea. <laughs> And let me tell you, we went for it. We had a couple of points after the tournament, and I've come home, and my wife has served me two glasses of wine. So I am ready to have a bit of a rant. <laughs> uh, so I took Ray with Finn Gunner and Rose Tico crew. I took Lulo Lampard with Heroic and Crackshot, and I took Nyen Num in his T70 with Pattern Analyzer and Heroic. That was 200 points exactly. You know, I think at running at all I5, you'd like to have a bid, but I think. That all comes down to ultimately my point is going to be that Ray is too expensive. Well, I five as well is in a weird place in in extended because there's well we started out with two point being being I five everywhere and then people have gravitated to the aces at I six and and there's a lot more I six around maybe than there was six or eight months ago in two Yeah, so something I'll be prepared to deal with. Like Lulo is a known entity at this point. He's just good for his points. It was my first time ever flying Yen, and I have to say I was really impressed by him. So I had him with Pattern Analyzer. So you know you can do the whole 4K boost to get uh, range one arc on someone and shed the stress, and that actually it came off a lot more than I expected it would. So I was quite impressed by him. So I was getting an awful lot of cool, weird shots with him, and I brought Gas Clouds. So my thinking behind that was one Yen. With pattern analyzer, he can turn on onto the gas clouds with basically no nil effect, because he can still take his action. And I also thought it might be good for Ray because she has her two force, and Rose for getting the lock, so she can sloop over the gas clouds, for example. So I tried to put one gas cloud in the middle of the board and try and use that as an anchor point for me to sloop back and forth across. But I just Ray, she's so good when she gets her front gun on target, she can just light stuff up and just like demolish things in a turn but it's just can be so hard to get her in position so i think there's a few key things wrong with her one is the red rotate it makes it yeah. so difficult <clears throat> like you you might say oh i want to rotate my arc so i can get a shot here but that is defining where your ship is going for the next few turns and like yeah. ray needs to be getting her front arc on things to be getting her points worth yeah and just the dial is just really shocking the amount of times i found myself going i really wish i could four straight here without being stressed or i really wish i could do a 4k it doesn't have a 4k which is really kind of shocking and like the sloops on their own are kind of quite limited so once we come to the points changes i will expect ray to go down considerably like i think if she goes down five points she could be okay like when i was writing lists i came up with a lot of stuff where i was like 
if I just had a few more points, I could make something that's okay. But to be good, I think she'd need something even even more than that, really. Well, she may get a lot better when the coordinating little shuttles come out, not on the 4th of June, we now know. No, true. So my problem with that, potentially, obviously we don't know points, but the resistance transport with the coordinate, it has... Hold on, I'll just look this up just so I'm not wrong. But the resistance transport has five hull and three shields. And that makes me worry. Like, the escape shuttle is so good in Scum because it's so cheap. Yeah. But all of a sudden, if you double its health, I don't, I'm not sure it's going to be that cheap. And that means it's not going to be really that good for what you're going to want it to do because it's only bringing a two attack dice gun. So it's not going to be adding that much to your list except for the coordinate, really. So, you know, I'm not confident looking at that, that it's, it's going to be a game changer. It's interesting. I was just looking at the comparison between Han Solo in Resistance and in Rebels. He, he only costs six points more in Rebels, and for that you get two extra shields and the better dial. Like yes. the four straight is white, and you get a four K yeah. as well. It's like, it's incomparable. It's crazy! That's so so much better for six points. Yeah, I think as well. Like I have, I feel like FFG. They they think large bases are a good thing. Yeah. You know, like it's a ship is better if it's on a large base than it is a small, which in certain cases yeah. is correct because you know boost etc is much better on a big base than a small base. But we also now live in a world where a ton of stuff has bullseye abilities. Yeah, and it's. Getting a bullseye ability on a small ship is hard. Getting on a big ship is not. Yeah. Way, I, I think Ray would and, be better if she was on a medium base or a small base, which obviously isn't going to happen. But <laughs> And the, the big bases are always taking up a lot of real estate. So if you're navigating through rocks, you need to be super careful, plan your route before you go, and you're giving a lot of information to your opponent if you go near the rocks. And one of the reasons that Jack did so well with Han was that he never went anywhere near more than one rock at a time. You know, he always left himself a load of escape routes. If, if the rocks were clustered, he wouldn't go into them. He would always be floating around the outside. But Ray is tied to that front arc. Yeah. And the front arc mm. is going to draw you into the rocks because you're going to be looking to, to align it to your opponent. And if he knows what he's doing, then he's going to be using the rocks as cover and, and drag you into them. Um, and, and Ray, with that awful dial, is not good. I mean, does there come a point where almost regardless of the points within, within reason, she's not She's never going to be good? No. Like, <laughs> for example, like if Ray was 40 points, she'd be yeah. amazing. You put her in every single list. And yeah, obviously, okay. But obviously that's ridiculous. That's never going to happen. Well, as I say, but, within reason. Yeah. But I think you will be able to find that sweet spot. Yeah. Like if she dropped 10 points, I think she would be a lot more reasonable a ship to take. But structurally, mm. she does still have that problem of does, not yeah. having the dial to cope with rocks. And if your opponent chooses to use the rocks as, as cover, you kind of got to point at the at the opponent, and that's going to mean you're going through the rocks next time. And I suppose that's X-wing. But yeah. Right. yeah. When it comes to list building, it's about what you can put in around her as well as just her. Yeah. So even though she has the same limitations, it is, you know, you can make a stronger list as a whole. And also, like, it's dangerous playing with her because if you make her too cheap, her big gun is ridiculous when it works. So like, you just need to find that sweet spot. And I think yes. maybe 70 points is it, but I don't know. We'll see what happens it, in July. It's a little bit like the wedge problem. In that for good players, wedge is way under-costed. And for bad players, wedge is hugely expensive. 
because it's very easy to see where Wedge is going to be and set up a kill box and, and demolish him. But if you're a good player, you're outfoxing the opponent and, and you're manoeuvring Wedge into a place where he can, he can live and max out that incredible ability. So where do you point him to make it, it suitable for average players and for really good players? Because the experience of using him is so different for the, the two school levels. Mm. I think as well that with Ray's enormous gun, like just flying her just immediately paints an, a massive target on her. She's got to yeah. be priority number one. You can't just let her do her own thing. And she's just not like she was in first edition. She, she's not a tank at all. Like she's not like Rebel Hand that can just laugh at your damage. You know, she she is genuinely going to go down pretty quickly. Yeah. So maybe doing things like reducing the cost of something like Han Crew, who gives the opportunity to take an evade. I mean, they need to do quite a lot of work on her, I think. Yeah. So yeah. how did you get on today with Ray? Two and two. So, but I feel even then, like I, I came up against Sean Milligan, one of the Sith takers. He was flying Rebel Beef, just the, you know, Cassian two beerings and Wedge. And I put it down and I just looked at it and thought like, I just lose this game. Yeah. Definitely. I just lose. That's yeah. all there is to it. And, you know, it's always nice flying against Sean, but that's just where Ray is as a ship. Like she's just such an investment mm. that it's just you're nowhere near as efficient. No, I mean she's one of those pilots that that I think FFG were thinking. Yeah, she's good enough to build a list around, but mm. actually she's too expensive for what she does. Yeah, agreed. I mean, you know, unlike Fen Rao. Who, who still has legs in Extended, unlike Wedge, who definitely has legs in Rebels, unlike Vader, who's been making a real dent in the top cut in Atlanta. You know, those aces are doing really well, whereas Ray just doesn't have the, the legs. You, you, you're right, Colm. I mean, it is, she just costs too many points. And the problem is then that you can't, you can't put an, another decent-sized threat in the list. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the problem with it. Because you want to, as I say, she's just target priority number one. And there's nothing, you can't put anything else in there to distract from that. And, you know, by the time you've lost your half of your list that is Ray, your other half of your list can't, can't pull its weight because the rest of the ships just, you know, they're, they're just not as, as powerful. They're not Well, I shouldn't say not as, you know, not as, not as well able to dish out damage for what you've ended up getting. Mm-hmm. You know, an X-Wing and an A-Wing at the end of the day, then just not, it's just not that scary. Yeah. So, like, when I played against Rebel Beef, I basically traded Ray for 10 num. That's a pretty bad trade. Yeah. Yeah, that's not Ray. And it's just like, that was what was presented to me. Like, you know, I'd like to kill Wedge, but she has, Ray hasn't got the ability to get around the Rebel Beef and, like, take shots. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's a shame you didn't do better because the, the grand prize for winning today was the the ray sort of statue thing that they had which was pretty cool did you see it yeah yeah it was quite cool it was one of the black series action figures they're quite detailed and you know cool things and ultimately it was uh, Stuart Blake who went home with that and he is a ray devotee but wasn't flying ray today he's mm. gone for the ahsoka anakin and two torrents mm. No, I commiserated a bit with Stuart about Ray because he, as you say, he flew her a lot in 1.0 and he's actually flown her a lot in 2.0 and he's very, very good with her. And he took her to system open and went three and three. And it's just like, I think to me, that says all you need to say. He's so good with Ray and that's 
where he ended up. What did uh, what did you fly today, Bob? I was running uh, a variation on the dreadlock list with an ion cannon on one of the skurgs and ditching the hull upgrade on Drea. And I found the hull upgrade is really good. Certainly in in events where MOV matters, it's it's good for turning Drea into a nine point ship. And sometimes it just means that she lives when she should die. So it it definitely has value, and I do miss it. But the ion cannon. It turns out, after some practice with, with Jed on Saturday, that uh, the Iron Cannon is great against the Phantoms. And for me, that's that's turned that match into one where I've had a very bad record to one where I actually stand a chance of, of getting somewhere in the game. And I I'm, I'm, was quite chuffed with it today. I had some really fun games. Um, I lost to Stuart in the, in the final. Uh, he needed uh, to get two bits of paint on his last two of eight dice to win. And uh, he he scored those paints, and that meant he beat me by about eight points, I think. And earlier on in the day, I played with Michael Upton, and that came to final salvo after uh, after Drea and uh, what was he flying? Mace Windu. Yeah, Drea and Mace Windu had a, a shoot off in the the final round of the game, and they destroyed each other. And then we had the final salvo with eleven dice on each side, and in the first round we both rolled three hits. And in the second round, we both rolled four hits. And in the third round, I rolled five and he rolled three. So I took that one, but only by the skin of my teeth. And it was a really fun day. I had some some really fun games. And I'm not sad to see Stuart walk away with the Ray statue. So we're going to be back on Thursday chatting through some issues with gaming etiquette in X-Wing and how to avoid being a dick when you don't want to be. <laughs> In the meantime, it's goodbye from me, Bob D. And it's goodbye from Con Brown. Ta-da. And goodbye from Dan Slob. Cheerio. It's a